I was like running around moving to all these different cities trying to live the dream that I forgot about what was most important to me, which is my family, which is connections, which is just time. Hey, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Saul Good Media Podcast, a podcast that explores the nature of human experience. I'm your host, Solomon Harvey, and each week we have a new guest on the show, and we talk about what it is that drives them to do what they do. What is it that gravitates each of us towards our passions? Today, I'm so excited to introduce Kira Palme, who has designed a purpose-driven business that is in alignment with her passion. Kira is an author, a coach, and in my eyes, a huge inspiration of what is possible when you clarify your intentions and truly serve your community. Kira's videos and resources are densely packed with valuable information, teaching and encouraging others to pursue their dreams and aspirations. So Kira, to kick it off, I'd love to dive into your background and talk about what it was that inspired you and guided you into this line of work in the first place. Yeah, so what really inspired my path to begin the way that it has is I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 16 years old. And when that happened, I had my first wake up call that led me to have lots of questions like, why the hell am I here? What was this thing called life about? If it, if it all ends today, what was this? And, uh, did I feel like I had been living a purposeful life? And at that time, the answer was no. The answer was I had been living automatically, doing what everyone told me to do, showing up where I needed to be right on time. And it was all very automatic. And I realized that my emotional state on a day-to-day -day basis was rather pessimistic. So when I just looked at my overall quality of life, I realized that I had the opportunity to now shift it. And that's when I really started connecting with some sort of higher power and talking to that higher power. Um, but it wasn't flowers and roses overnight. It wasn't like, oh yeah, the day I got diagnosed with cancer is the day I had my wake up call and then everything was great after that. <laughs> um, obviously I went through treatment, which was pretty brutal. And the path of all of that led me to a dark place where all of a sudden I was like, screw everything that I thought about spirituality and uh, no one understands me. So it was just this dark story that I created where I was insecure of my bald head or I was um, ashamed that I might need to get a hip replacement and, and focus on that when everyone else is focused on going to college or I was just really there was just so many insecurities and i i didn't feel like i could relate to anyone my age mm -hmm. um if they were talking about a breakup for example like it was the end of the world i was kind of wondering in my head well am i gonna be here tomorrow <laughs> like these are the challenges i'm <laughs> dealing with but i didn't want to tell anyone I didn't want to bring it up in conversation because I felt it was so heavy. So mm -hmm. I just masked my emotions day after day, didn't talk about it, just kind of joked everything off. And uh, eventually, like I said, that's what led me to this dark place of feeling like it was me against the world. So um, yeah, after just living that reality for so long, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. No one understood me. It was true. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I graduated college. I did what my parents told me to do. I, I received that degree. And once I got into the working world, it really felt like I couldn't find my place. Um, so eventually I realized I created a new shitty reality. And I realized that I could actually create a great one. So that's when I guess I had my second wake up call um, and a sequence of events led to this. It's kind of like the uh, the rock bottom place. Um, but once I experienced my rock bottom for like the second time, by the time I was maybe 24 or 23 years old, that's when I started reaching out to people like you who were on a growth path or they didn't think my dreams were crazy. And I started um, attending various 
events that made me aware that I could shift my focus, I could transform my beliefs. And if I transform my beliefs and shifted my focus, then that would shift my emotions. And when my emotions shifted, they influenced my behaviors. And when all of my behaviors shifted, added up, that transformed my entire reality. So I started thinking that Keep there was something that. to this. Yeah. yeah. And and it really was paying off. I was attracting more cool people like you. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I, I, and then people wanted to pay me for stuff. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> um, okay. So I had to learn business and all that good stuff. But yeah, that's really what led me to this path is kind of having a wake up call dropping down to a low place and then deliberately choosing to create a different reality that that sounded fun and exciting right wow that's so amazing (laughs) and that brings us pretty much up to date i mean you've done a lot of um fine tuning oh yes and i still am every moment of every day Mm because we we're all humans and so we all have our insecurities and i have my fears and I understand that my fears are not me. In the past, I allowed my fears to attach themselves to my identity Mm -hmm. as if all of my fears were this real thing. But I realized they are not. So although I still do have fears, I still have insecurities, I still think, oh my gosh, what if all of my dreams go to shit? Um, That's normal. So I listen to these fears. I'm like, okay, cool. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you for your input. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. And what I choose to feel instead is XYZ. What I choose to focus on instead is XYZ. Um, You know, so it's like a moment to moment choice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of the things that I feel like I've I've heard comes up as a big challenge for your clients and I imagine you at the beginning is imposter syndrome. Okay. So what <laughs> what is imposter syndrome and how what are some steps that people can take to overcome that? Yes, great question. Imposter syndrome is when you don't feel worthy enough to do the thing that you want to do most. Mm. For example, when I started life coaching, I was working for Tony Robbins and I had landed a really amazing career for myself at a young age. But when I got that first client, I actually was fired. (laughs) They actually called the company and they told their sales rep, whoever it was that sold them the coaching package, they told the sales rep that it felt like their coach was reading a script and they couldn't connect. And they didn't see that they could create any positive change with me because it seemed like I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Mm. So that sales rep called me and was very angry because his, uh, (laughs) that was his money. You know, he, he obviously made a cut of that sale. He's like, here, what the hell happened? Your, your very first client and you somehow blew it. Like he didn't say it like that exactly, but he did definitely want to get to the point and and figure out what it was that was going on and i told him um that it was true i was reading a script everything she said was true and he said well why were you reading a script and how do you even read a script when you're coaching (laughs) Mm -hmm. but i said i was reading a script because i didn't trust myself i didn't trust that i was going to be good enough to serve this woman And so what manifested was I, I wasn't good enough. She, she fired me, but it was a great wake up call because then I threw that script that I had in the trash. Um, and I just chose to trust in myself. And so the second client, I was a little bit awkward. Third client, still a little awkward. Fourth client, still a little shaky, but getting a little more edgy. Fifth client, I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna say what I think and lay it on her. And then all of a sudden I became more and more confident and my clients were getting better and better results. And I was saying those things that everyone else in their lives were afraid to say to them, Mm. but help them make the biggest transformation in their lives. Um, And so, yeah, I stopped holding back. So. That's kind of a story that illustrates what imposter syndrome is like. Mm -hmm. I knew I wanted to guide people to a better place in their lives, but at the same time I was questioning 
well, am I really qualified to do this? Do I have the credentials? Blah, blah, blah. All the fear voices in your head can go on and on forever. But what I learned from an amazing marketer called Russell Brunson, um, he just said, as long as you're one chapter ahead of your ideal client, then you are in a place to help them raise their standards mm -hmm. and elevate their realities. On that note, um, you you have talked about identifying your ideal client avatar. Mm. So for people listening, um, what what would be yours? How, how would you define your ideal, some of the clients that you work with currently? Some of the clients that I work with are very multi-talented entrepreneurs who can't really seem to hone their vision into something that's tangible. Seems like a lot of people these days in, yes. in my sphere <laughs> that I've noticed. Yes. Yes. And I mean, I started this business because that was me for years, just getting certification after certification. I was a life coach turned health coach turned healer turned life coach turned internet marketer. And after a while, it gets exhausting to bounce around like a ping pong ball. Mm -hmm. So I help people really clarify where their unique zones of geniuses are and then ground them into a clear vision where they can then share a specific message with the world. And then we market that as well so that they can attract clients and help other people create a transformation with their unique gifts. Which I find so valuable because, you know, you have authors and creators and they can have the next life changing product or idea. But if you're not getting it out there, mm. right, you're not able to share it with the world, then it's sort of sitting dormant or you're battling that imposter syndrome, right? Where mm -hmm. oh, is this idea? Does it even have any validity? People, right. you know, and then how do I share it without feeling salesy? Right. And, That's a huge thing. And I feel like you're at a position where you've gone through those processes of going through internet marketing and going through, but then, you know, finding your tribe and sort of cultivating your message to you know, attract the ideal client. Mm. So how has that tribe changed and evolved for you? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> There's this quote that one of my business mentors told me, it's that marketing is like fishing. And when you use a certain type of bait, you catch a certain type of fish. Mm -hmm. And if you don't like the fish that you're catching, you've got to change the bait, mm. which is your message, which is your marketing. So, I mean, yeah, in the past when I was all related to health, I was putting out messages that uh, were actually geared towards people going through chemotherapy, um, you know, all related to their health. Uh, fast forward a few years when I started my business, I was specifically helping life coaches market their own businesses so that they could attract clients. So when I say, you know, I started my own business, I'm just uh, rewinding to what I said like 30 seconds ago. Yeah. This was like my first real business because I had tried to be a health coach. I had tried to be a personal trainer. I had a few clients, but I did not know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I figured once you got certified in anything, then people would start knocking on your door or like be really interested in your Instagram posts and just demand your services. And I realized I really needed to learn marketing. So eventually I did. I hired marketing and, and business and sales coaches that showed me the way. And yeah, I started my own legitimate business that was actually profitable um, like three years ago now. Okay. And that was the business helping life coaches, um, just launch online businesses under Kira Palme. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Nice. Yeah. And so when I first started, I was a little naive and my marketing message was, of course, share your gifts with the world. But then some of my copy, like the way that I was marketing to my tribe was coaching certifications are so expensive certification after certification, you know, you've got the skill to, 
transform people's lives, but it's all becoming so expensive and daunting that you're just wondering when this is all going to finally pay off. Yeah. You want to learn marketing, you want to learn business, but nothing seems to be taking off for you right now. You're wondering where the gap is. You're looking for a change, blah, blah, blah. And then I start talking about the change that I could help them create. But the problem with that message was, hey, you invested in so many certifications and now you're not making any money. So like what? <laughs> They're not going to have the income to invest in me. Gotcha. So, you know, I was putting out the wrong bait, wrong bait, catching the wrong fish. They're all like, yeah, I want to invest in you, but I, I've got nothing to give. Gotcha. So I had to tune in and wonder, okay, what is it that I'm putting out there that I'm attracting this? Mm -hmm. And then I shifted it. So, you know, now my ideal client is someone who's invested in themselves. They do have experience and they have created some sort of payoff from their services, but they're ready to refine that vision and take it to that next level. Um, so, yeah, really, you're always going to fine tune that message that you're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And uh, that can vary from ad campaign to ad campaign. If I'm running a Facebook ad, I actually run 10 at once and I shift the message a little bit just to see which one will do best. Gotcha. And then I'll just turn the rest off. And I think that that is a huge gap between people that are, you know, I've tried everything. But then it's like, <laughs> have you? Have you really tried everything? And are, And so there's this balance of really getting it out there to the masses in a way and then also having it be authentic, right? Yeah. Because I feel like your your mission, which is, I feel like you can say it way better than I can, um, you know, synergizing people. Can you say it for people just to... Yeah, I help people synergize their unique gifts into a service that raises the collective consciousness. Which is incredible because I feel like that message really speaks to the heart of what, what you are doing. And it's not saying make a bunch of money or yeah. do this. It's like, we're going to try to raise the collective. And that's kind mm -hmm. of the point of this podcast is to give people media that's going to empower them to make some changes or some be introspective enough to say, oh, well, if I don't like the way that things are, I guess I have a few options to, to try to change it. And yeah. through seeing other people that have already done that. Yeah. And one thing that I wanted to touch on today that I feel like I really value in the work that you do and the videos you create and just the, you know, you're an author, you wrote a book. Yes. Um, Dominate Life, which is incredible. <laughs> I bought it online. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I was checking it out. It's cool. really, really cool. And I feel like you have a really great job. You're, you do a really great job of getting into the flow state. Mm. And that, you know, is different for everybody, but... Mm -hmm. What does that feel like getting into the flow and how do you sort of prepare, whether it's a client call or a video that you're about to create, um, how do you prepare to get into that state? Well, I typically never know when it's gonna come. Mm. And sometimes the flow state is quite manic where I'm just so excited that I can't do anything else other than what I'm doing and I forget to eat, which is huge for me because one of my, I mean, therapy for me is cooking so i love being mm, in the kitchen it yeah. always quiets my mind so if i forget to eat it's a really big deal um uh, so yeah sometimes it can just come from out of nowhere um and other times i have no idea i'm about to enter a flow state but it's often when i'm just super tuned in with a client for example i'll just be listening to everything going on i'm listening to all their fears, all the blocks, and I'm also listening to the, the bigger vision. And I feel like I have a good ability to just relay back to them exactly what they said and be like, okay, so you're blocking yourself here. This is what you want. You tried X, Y, Z. What else could you try? Mm. You know, it's like, I, I just, uh, I, I, I don't really prepare to get into the flow state at all. I think it just happens. And I think a really key thing to tune into about flow states is just keep doing what you're doing. Keep getting better and better. Yeah. Because I was not in a flow state when I had that first client at Tony Robbins right. when I was reading a script. <laughs> right. And eventually I got really confident that I could coach any place, anytime, anyone. 
And so then it just became very easy. I think it be, it comes naturally when you're doing something that you love. Yes. Right? So you kind of lose track of time and you're doing something that you really enjoy, which is helping people create really meaningful things and raise the collective. And yeah. so you've designed your business to naturally put you in the flow state rather than True. trying hard to push yourself in a direction. And I think people can find that in their day jobs, you know, if they're just kind of getting into the work that they're doing. But mm -hmm. I, I almost feel like people think like, no, I couldn't be paid to be in the flow state. Like, yeah. That's crazy. Like yeah. to love my job, that's a bizarre idea. Yeah. But to say like, no, you really like <laughs> if you design the life you want, like that can that can actually bring bring in an income yeah what does it's true because i had all those thoughts too i'm not good enough i can't do it i'm not qualified i'm not certified i'm not anything special these mm -hmm. these thoughts all went through my brain for so long and mm -hmm. sometimes they still do they, they'll still come up and say something mean to me and again i'm just like hello fear i appreciate you and you can just go over in, in the back seat and i'm gonna drive the car now and and Think something differently because mm. that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah. What does a typical day in the life look like for you? Oh, gosh. Um, I am very free. I'm very free. And I, uh, the way I, I live my life is I wake up and I meditate. I journal. I'm very emotional, so I'm always journaling. Uh, through my emotions and then I just do movement in the living room we do Wim Hof breathing every so often I wouldn't say we're doing it every day when I say we I'm talking about my boyfriend and I Blake who's on the last podcast yes yeah. he was on the yeah. last podcast yeah uh, but yeah just move around a bit and uh, that is really all that I do we have a elixir every morning, like coffee with reishi mushroom in it to mm. kind of chill us out and, and help us focus throughout the day. Um, and then other than that, it's just I, I have my schedule very, I set up my online calendar very deliberately where I only work three days a week with clients or with prospective clients. So I created a very limited availability in my online calendar where people can book to talk to me. And so I abide by that. I set very healthy boundaries for myself. Since I did mention I'm a very emotional person, mm -hmm. I need to protect my energies and, and find a way to recharge, which I do through having intense boundaries. Um, yeah and then so tuesdays thursdays where i'm not working um i'm working more on the business rather than being in it i'm thinking about what's the bigger picture i'm journaling towards that or i'm making plans around that um or i'm doing nothing like i'll just go watch the sunset yeah uh <laughs> so yeah but the the a challenge i can have is an addiction to work because my brain got work mixed up with play mm -hmm. because I did start experiencing such dopamine hits for doing something I love and actually receiving compensation for that. And so when that happened, I wound up oftentimes never shutting off. Mm. So this is something new for me where, you know, we shut the laptops at five o'clock, stop working. Um, and sometimes Blake, my boyfriend, will catch me on the laptop, <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny because it's <laughs> we have this joke. Usually if you like find your uh, your partner like in a bedroom with like the door shut tightly and they're on their laptop, it's like, what are you watching in there? But when he sees me hidden away with my laptop, he's like, I know you're building a sales page right now. And I'm like, no. He's like, let me see your computer. And it's like, oh, you are. That's so, <laughs> so, yeah, I haven't been perfect with that. But uh, what a great problem to have, though. I know. You know <laughs> to love your work so much that you want to do it in your free time. 
Yes. Yeah. So yeah, my, my schedule is really free flow, to be honest. And mm -hmm. I don't think that works for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are saying, man, when do you leave the house or whatever? Mm -hmm. And honestly, I, I don't even go to the gym anymore. I used to be like a bodybuilder and, and be really regimented with that. But now that I don't even go to the gym, it's like, ah, I could be home for several days. Um, but that works for me in the cold of the winter, which it is right now. It's really intense. I don't really want to go outside <laughs> sometimes. Right. Thanks for making the, the journey here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's like a blizzard today with hurricane it's gusts. It's crazy. It's raining. It's ice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's nuts. Um, I imagine you build some pretty meaningful relationships with your clients as you work through these really incredible transformations. Yeah. How do you keep your boundaries when you're, um, you know, do those turn into friendships or are you trying to, cause there is that fine line between work and, um, have you found a pretty great way to, is that still a difficulty that you face? I'm not a hundred percent certain about that yet. Yeah. Yeah. Because I have gone out of my way to create friendships with some of, some of my students. And then I realized that they wanted to specifically create some sort of business venture with me. And then mm. if I didn't want to proceed with that, then it was like all of a sudden, I didn't think we were as close as, I mean, I, you know, I thought we were friends here. <laughs> and then right. sometimes I have realized there was some sort of motive behind that. Like they loved me, but they just wanted to partner with me um, to create something bigger than probably they could on their own. So that actually has been a thing that um, ha I've experienced. And yeah, so, but then there's other clients of mine who are just so amazing and I want to stay in touch with them forever. I was just talking to Blake about one of them in particular. So to be honest, I haven't figured out the best way to create that, but they know at least for the time that they invest into working with me, let's say it's three months or six months, they know to only reach out to me through a specific app Mm -hmm. um, they know not to text me or call me at any given time. Um, I, I'm very clear with them of what my boundaries are. And then beyond that, if I'm in their city or they're in mine, whatever, then, uh, you know, we might hang out and, and I do have a few clients of mine who are good friends. So it's something I'm still learning to navigate. Yeah. It's a, I just ask because I feel like a lot of social influencers these days that's probably one of the number one questions that come up is like how do i differentiate between you know wanting to make really meaningful relationships but then not being able to like give all my energy yeah. to you know and disperse it to all these different places right. and so learning to navigate that i think is going to be an ongoing challenge for <laughs> everybody you know that is in this sphere of of creating some meaningful content that attracts a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what is it that you find brings, like what is your meaning or definition of success? You know, if you're working with a client or just for you yourself personally. For me, I have four main values. Um, the biggest one is freedom. Mm. I used to be very, I used to want to make a lot of money because it was something I never had. <laughs> And I went through college and I felt like a disappointment to my parents because I was on chemo and I certainly didn't have money to pay for college when I was 16, 17. Then all of a sudden I finished chemo and everyone's like, hello, it's time for college. Go, go ahead, do that thing, Kira. And I was like, what the hell? So my parents paid for my undergrad, which was really cool of them. Um, but I just kind of jumped into it without knowing what I wanted to do. And all of a sudden found myself in a place where I graduated with a specific degree and, and wanted nothing to do with that thing. Mm. So I felt like a disappointment because they were very, um, I, I came from a very modest family. My dad brewed beer and my mom was a nurse, um, which she did well for herself, but I mean, to raise two kids and all that good stuff, we didn't have much to spend at the end of the day. Um, so yeah, I always wanted to, I, I knew that was a big deal for them and I wanted to make them proud and I wanted to show them that I could become successful 
through following the road less traveled. And so I think my ego really like took charge for the first few years. Like, yeah, I'm going to really succeed and, and show everyone how well I can do. And then I realized that I was not after money at all because I had created more than I ever knew what to do with when I, when I first started my business. And to be honest, I actually um, chilled out a lot since then mm. because I realized what my true values were and what truly felt good to me. And if you're making shit tons of money, but you're so consumed by business, which is what happened to me is my, my identity as a woman was I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a powerhouse woman. I'm blah, blah, blah. I am successful. I moved into a penthouse. I had all these fancy things. I was traveling the world. I was getting featured on marketing websites like ClickFunnels where they were bragging about how I, I created all this income while I was traveling the world and hired a team to like do all this stuff for me. By the time I came back from all that, I was, I was like, huh, I'm coming back to this penthouse. I feel so alone. Didn't make any friends in my city. I had lived in that city, Boston, for like seven months. Mm. Didn't make any friends. Um, just felt so disconnected from my family who were over in New Jersey. But I was like running around, moving to all these different cities, trying to live the dream that I forgot about what was most important to me, mm -hmm. which is my family, which is connections, which is just time to make music and things that I really love. Right. Um, so yeah, I love the work I do. And I had to realize that there is so much more to Kira than that. That's just like a tiny fraction. But other than that, I value freedom, connection, adventure, and harmony. Nice. So everything that I do in my life, I just kind of check in. I'm like, does this align with my top four values? Yes or no? If it's a no, it's like, well, can I shift it so that it does? And if it's still a no, then I'm like, I'm not going to do that. What was between adventure and harmony? Freedom, uh, adventure. Connection. Connection. That's huge. So, yeah. yes, reconnecting with my family. We were very close. But like I said, when I was on this kind of chase, when I started my business, I was so excited that everything was like taking off um, that I lost touch with what I loved most, which is my family. Mm -hmm. So I just got back from a trip. I was with my mom. We we met up in uh, St. Pete, Florida last week just for a few days in the sun. And, you know, it was amazing. So nice. even though I'm not close to them in proximity, the relationship is so much closer because I had this whole reevaluation of my life, I would say about a year and a half ago. And just said, what is it that I'm trying to chase here? Mm -hmm. Like, what is it that I'm after here? Because it's really not the money. It's not a number of clients. It's like, wow, I just want I just want a simple life. I just want simplicity in my brain. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's always changing. That's incredible. Is that something that I, you help your clients work through? Is that a big part oh, of the work yeah. you do with your clients? Yeah, because it's that thing where... I'm going to be a chapter ahead, at least, of my clients. Mm -hmm. So a lot of my clients who come to me are like, I want this, I want that, I want $20,000 this month, or I want to host a retreat that sells out with 20 guests, and I want to launch that within three weeks. You know, all these things that they tell me, and then, and then I sense how much pressure they're putting on themselves. Mm -hmm. And it's like they're telling me these financial goals they want, but really it's just so that they could pay their bills or whatever, or just so that they could feel like they're good enough for someone, whoever finds out that they made 20 grand that month. Right. They just want to like show them like, hey, now I'm worthy because I met this criteria. And uh, yeah, and I noticed that that was a pattern that I used to run in my life. So... Um, yeah, I, I definitely feel like I've, I've got a lot of wisdom in this area and I'm able to support my clients in aligning their life with their values. And that is something that I do my best to make sure that 
I'm always doing. And I mean, I checked out your website. It, it's amazing to see the amount of people that you've helped and cool. collectively have raised over, you know, $200,000 between all of your clients and more, I'm sure, because that's mm. just the people that have, that have posted about the work that you have done oh, with wow. them and just being thankful for that. And it's just like, it's not about the money, but right. that money is just a reflection of the value that they've provided other people. And so it's cool to see how your work has rippled out and yeah. helped other people yeah. tune into what it is. And I like what you just said because it's very true. Money is value. Mm -hmm. And everyone's got unlimited amounts of value inside of them. Um, just your natural way of being is valuable because you, Solomon, you're great at some things that I suck at. And so it's very valuable for me. Like you came over my house and fixed my garbage disposal. There was a bone stuck in it. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. <laughs> yeah. Thanks to Bill, my repair guy, right? He taught me. We just keep passing it along, right? Yeah. yeah. So like I would have paid someone to fix my garbage disposal and you just had that value inside of your soul naturally and yeah. you fixed it. So people, everyone is valuable. That's what I'm trying to get at is that if anyone wants to um, like create something, then you could tune into like, okay, what is it that I love and that other people could experience is valuable um, because anyone can go ahead and run with doing whatever they want to do. Right. Um, amongst all of the, cause I feel like you're very raw, you know, you tell it like it is, you express what you feel and you're very open on your, the videos that you share. And I'm sure with your clients as well, because just having that vulnerability allows them to share more with you. Mm. What is something that not many people know about you? Mm. Not many people know. Well, I guess I said it earlier. I mean, I'm just a super emotional person myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, it sounds so sexy to have your own business and to be able to work in your pajamas or something. Um, and then, you know, I get to do cool stuff like retreats and whatnot and, and people pay me for this. And the other side of that is that that inner voice is so it's it's so loud at times because I'm not in a commute to work, looking at what's around me and making sure I get to work safely. I'm not talking to people around the water cooler or like interacting with people that much unless I see them at Grain Train. <laughs> right, yeah. Um, so like, like I said, people can perceive my life as very sexy, but there's also that other side where I do really crave that human connection and I am left with my thoughts more mm. than the average person, I would say, because I've got so much free time. Right. And so, yeah, it is a constant process for me to work through what's coming up for me. If it's really good, then that's great. I'll use that momentum. And a lot of times it's not so great or it's some BS fear or it's just something that feels toxic and mm -hmm. that's when I get to go and work through it again and again and again and again and I'll do this for the rest of my life um, but yeah that's something that not many people know about me because they just see this like very inspiring side and they see that you can do what you love um, but I too am you know working on myself just as much as anyone else yeah yeah and I think that is a huge impression that people have when you look at your role models or your mentors and or heroes and say like wow you guys have it all figured out yeah it's like <laughs> we're all evolving right we're all just trying to oh yeah figure it out and it's amazing with times changing as quickly as they are we're all i think the work that you're doing holds so much value in just aligning people mm. to what it is that they truly want to do that there's mm. you know you're saving 20 to 50 years of somebody working in something that they don't enjoy doing when yeah. they can be when you line up you have so much to offer and you have cool. so much value to to give to other people yeah it's cool to help people realize that mm -hmm. that's definitely meaningful do you think that coaching is considered to be sort of a luxury service or do you feel like it's a, an essential part of um you know i feel like 
in my demographic of age group mm-hmm. that it could be perceived and, and same with like personal training or you know taking care of your body these could be they could be thought of as these luxury items that right. when like you said you've invested a lot of energy and time yeah. into it and money into it um but it's brought you to where you are yeah does it feel like some- there's a difference there's mm. there's a difference and the good like a, a well-rounded intelligent wise business person will find a problem and create a service in my case i sell a service they'll create something to solve that problem either a service or a product like i said i don't sell products at this time so when you are solving a pain for people that is perceived as a necessity for example if someone is a yoga instructor this is a real life example i had a client who came to me for this she is a yoga instructor and wanted to teach yogis how to deepen their split so that they could just be more flexible but that is not that's just a luxury because there's no pain there i mean yogis could feel i'm not a yogi but i do yoga every so often i kind of suck there's some pain in me trying to do the splits no, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. yeah it's like i don't know what the pain would be like right. oh no jennifer has a deeper split than i do and i, see I what wanna... you're saying now. not like a physical pain but like an actual pain of like I, this needs to happen yes, yes yes exactly um so if there isn't really that then yeah it's gonna be a luxury and you could sell something for five bucks 17 bucks uh, but that's really not going to sustain you Mm -hmm. Um, because if you work your ass off and get like 100 people to buy a 17 dollar ebook what that's 1700 bucks you have to work your ass off next month and the next month it's like when does that end you're you're enslaved to the 17 dollar (laughs) ebook so the wise thing to do is to make sure your your business your service is solving a, a real problem so for me, coaches who invest a lot, coaches, healers, yogis, you know, whoever invest into learning skills where they could provide a service, they want to provide that service. They want to get paid to share their work with the world. And when they're not, then they start feeling like, where have I dropped the ball? What is it that I'm missing? Mm-hmm. I thought it would be easy and now it's year three and I'm still stuck where I was a few years ago and it starts to hurt. It's like, it's an inner hurt. It's an inner pain. There's right. a huge wound and uh, and it's linked with their identity. And the, the strongest force in the human nervous system is to remain consistent with your identity. So if I say, I am very nice, then I will continuously prove that I am nice. I will always be nice because that's how I perceive myself. And if people start to perceive themselves like, uh, if someone starts to perceive themselves as not successful, not worthy or, or ashamed, then that is really deep and mm-hmm. intense. And so then they could reach out to me and just be like, hey, I need guidance. I re- it's been years, it's been months, I'm in pain, I need guidance. So, you know, that's where people could see my services as a necessity and kind of justify why it is that they're investing in working with someone like me, um, with someone like my boyfriend who does corrective exercise, his ideal client is physically in pain and Mm -hmm. losing sleep and it's really messing up their life on a daily basis. So that's why they could justify working with him is because he's actually, um, solving a big pain right do you and i feel like the coolest part about this is that you help people through the transformation and then sort of send them on their way it's not like you're solving all of their problems in their Mm. life or all of these deep pains it's when you define who that client is or you define what that service is yeah you just keep helping people solve that Mm -hmm. and the new people that are working their way through that yeah. come into your life right at that time and then you help them through and it's not like the work necessarily changes. It's yeah. you just get better and better at solving noticing. that one problem. Right, exactly. Solving that one problem. No matter who has the problem, no matter what their different circumstances, I'm really good at solving that one problem. Mm-hmm. Of how to ground your gifts into a tangible service 
and share that with the world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, for that yogi woman who wanted to help people deepen their split, we wound up shifting her services mm. into helping people with PTSD learn how to center themselves and heal through yoga as a modality. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, the essence of her work totally shifted because that was the reason why she found yoga was because of PTSD. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, when you're really congruent with your own journey, then that's often when like the best business ideas come about because you realized where you were struggling, you realized where your own pains were, and then you can empathize with the people who still have those pains. And you can, it's almost as if they've fallen into a hole in the ground and you can just extend your hand down to them and say, hey, I've been in that hole. I know the way out. Take my hand. Let me yes. show you the way. Is that Does that happen pretty quickly or is that a couple months or just kind of varies when you're working with clients? Does what happen pretty quickly? Their transformation. Is it like, because I know that uh-huh. you, were, you were saying that uh, you have a free 15-minute call that people can work with you and you can determine whether or not you can help them or send them on their way to work with other people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes, like you mentioned in one of your videos, not just calling you when you have a problem, calling Mm -hmm. you when, you know, when things are going well to keep in alignment with with that mission. And so it's not just... I'm in despair. I don't know what to do. I'm going to call Kira. It's like, yes. things are going well. How can I optimize it even more? Right. And um, is there like a, or is that completely um, It's totally subjective? individual. Yeah. It's totally individual. See, another thing I do is a personality analysis, which I also learned through working at Tony Robbins. But I have each of my clients take this uh, detailed personality assessment. And then I look over their personality Uh, And it's not set in stone. People definitely shift their personality contextually, but I can also see where they're doing that. And I can see how it's creating tension in their lives and in what areas of their lives. I have so much information when I have them take that. And I can also see their values and what's driving them. And this way I'm working with everyone on an individual basis Mm -hmm. for whatever their version of success is, we're going to create that. It takes the guessing out of it. Yeah, but I can naturally see in some people's scores that they're going to take a lot longer and they're going to need a lot more hand-holding because Mm -hmm. they need all the details. Their inner critic is so loud that it always says, this is not good enough. And I can literally see that on paper. So when I have someone like that, then I just know to check in with them more, make sure they've got all the information they need to move forward. Uh, But for people with my personality type, which is just like, let's get shit done and figure out if we fucked up later, (laughs) (laughs) then we just get shit done. Whether we fucked it up or whether we did a really good job, we just get it done really quick. And then you get to look back and learn whether or not it's in alignment with everything. Yeah. So for people who are kind of like me, they seem to get things done fast. Um, and, And then there's the other the other type of person, which no one's right or wrong for sure, because there it would definitely be nice to have harmony within all of those different areas, which is what I'm really working on doing. Um, however, yeah, it's going to take some people longer naturally. So everyone's results are totally different. For people listening right now, mm-hmm. what would be some questions that you would ask to get them to understand what the value it is that they could offer you know because mm-hmm. we're all unique we're all individual but to have them take a moment to just think about what is the value that i could offer mm. what would be some questions that they could ask themselves or um first steps to getting in just in tune with what it is that they currently have because like you said it's about being a chapter ahead mm-hmm. um, and i loved i feel like i kind of know this answer for myself but mm-hmm. not everybody listening necessarily knows how to to deepen that understanding within themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the number one question is, how can I raise consciousness with my gifts? So what that means is, if I drop you on planet Earth anywhere, assuming that everyone speaks the same language as you, how would you naturally be able to support people? And then you just tune into what do people tend to tell me I'm great at? 
and then you'll start to see patterns. And if you don't see the patterns and you're thinking of this right now and you're like, oh shit, I don't see a pattern. You can literally reach out to the people who are closest to you in your life, your sister, your brother, your mom, your dad, your anyone in your family, whoever, whatever friends are closest to you or clients, anyone, just reach out to them and say, hey, I'm working on something that I learned in a podcast and I want to ask you this question, dot, dot, dot. What do you see as my unique ability? Mm. And you just send that off and then people are going to give you feedback. So I actually did this when I started my business and everyone said, you help me get massive clarity. You help me get massive clarity, clarity, clarity. The word clarity was in every single thing that I received, every message, email, whatever. So I really, you know, move forward with helping people clarify their visions and get them out into the world. So yeah, I would encourage you to start thinking about what that thing is that people tend to say, wow, you know, after I talked to you that day about XYZ, I really felt ABC. Mm. What are those things? And tune into that because that is something that you could run with if you love it. Mm -hmm. Great. Yeah, thank you. I feel like that definitely is a, it's a starting point. Yeah, for sure doesn't all it'll all kind of evolve as you continue to lean into that but yeah and then the the next question in order to get more into that is okay where can i go to immerse myself in an environment of people who are also interested in this mm-hmm. so you know if i got the download that i always help people get clarity then maybe i'm going to go volunteer at a tony robbins event where there's a bunch of people looking to get clarity on their life. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm going to join a meetup group of, I, I don't know what meetup group it would be, but you know, maybe it's life coaches or maybe it's, you know, a uh, healer or spiritual people looking to connect with their inner voice. It could be anything. Right. And the coolest part about what you and Blake have tapped into is this global marketplace. Yeah. Like Blake was saying, I just signed up from somebody from the UK, Yeah, you know? And so to be able to work with such a global marketplace, you then, you know, through phone calls or videos or the different apps that you guys use to communicate are not bound by where you are locationally, mm-hmm. which allows for the freedom that I think so many people are seeking. And they may look around their community and say, well, there's no demand for this, mm-hmm. you know, or mm-hmm. who's going to pay for um, this when yeah. I'm surrounded by people that don't even really have any desire to pursue something. Tapping into that global marketplace is another thing that I think you offer as a, you have such a huge network of people that you know through all of the, the work that you've done and the experiences you have, and that will just continue to grow, right? With your client base, people you work with, that word of mouth will distribute that and um, Facebook or Instagram or YouTube, none of that is location bound. No. And it's, it's funny. Infinite, yeah. Right. I never really think about, oh, no one in Petoskey wants, wants to work with me. You know, it's like, I've never had a client from Petoskey, which is where we live right now. Um, so yeah, when people start to tell me, oh, I'm really into spirituality, but I'm from the South and no one agrees with my philosophy. They're all religious and think that I'm a witch. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Um, there's a whole world out there. And so, you know, yeah. I guess my brain doesn't even think that way. Um, but some people do think that way. So, yeah, just take into consideration that social media is a tool to reach the masses. Like whoever's thinking right now, huh, I wonder how I could reach the masses. It's in your hand right now. It's like a, it's like just an app. It's like Instagram or Facebook. If you work with professional people, then it's LinkedIn there's a variety of different platforms you can use, but obviously you should get intelligent. If you're going to use Instagram to grow your message, you've got to use all 30 hashtags because how else is anyone going to find you? And if your, your profile is private, um, then (laughs) no one's going to see those hashtags. So you've got to think, just ask yourself, how can I think even bigger? Mm hmm. When you notice your brain goes small, and I'm not just talking to the listeners, I'm not just talking to you, I'm talking to myself. Mm -hmm. Because I'm constantly asking myself, how could I think bigger? 
than I'm yeah. thinking right now because there's something that I'm totally missing here because I'm so narrow-minded on thinking the, the future needs to look like the past. So how can I think bigger here? And then the answers come. Nice. Yeah. And it's not just Petoskey, but any business that is location bound, Yeah, that is like, you know, they're obviously offering some sort of value, form of value to somebody. But, you know, if you're reliant on foot traffic or you're reliant on, um, you know, a tourism based town like Petoskey is yeah. and it's dead winter and there's a blizzard yeah. <laughs> blazing outside. Like, I think that there's a lot of value in this conversation to, you know, look at how could we move to this global marketplace, mm. not just in Petoskey, but all cities across the world of, yeah. you know, if you can get your message out there, sure, maybe there's not, you know, in our, I think the whole population of Petoskey is something like 6,000 people. How am I oh going to find, gosh. how am I going to find a thousand people that are into this specific niche of service that I offer? Yeah. It's not realistic. It has, yeah. I think we're moving in that direction, but, mm-hmm. um, I, I just have been sort of triggered by seeing what it is that you guys do and being like, wow, there's this world of opportunity yeah. that you think of as like this far out thing, mm-hmm. but there's people in our community that are doing that and that are being successful in it. Yeah. And honestly, it was a choice as mm-hmm. well because I am very connected with people and I've got clients in New Zealand and Australia and Thailand and the UK and the America and Canada all over but it was a choice for me to go into the environments where people were in the same conversation as i was or people dreamt like i did and uh, encouraged my dreams and didn't say hey you're crazy why don't you do this safe thing over here Um, they said that that's awesome yeah i could see that for you like yeah let's let's well i'm doing xyz and i'm like whoa that's awesome so just making the choice to be in the environments where people were thinking like me and dreaming like me is what caused me to um, have those very first connections to start a business and then from there obviously branch out so again everything is a choice and i know um, the town we live in right now is kind of far from major cities but there are still opportunities and there are still meetup groups and there are still um, conscious gatherings and whatever else you're into it's all there mm-hmm. um, so yeah just just be sure that if you're not fulfilled with your reality right now whoever's listening uh, just tap into what is it that you want to feel more of what elicits those feelings for you and then go find something that you can attend to be around other people who are in that vibration that you want to be in more because everything will start to flourish from there not overnight but it will and i imagine there's a few listeners out there that are at that point where they're ready to you know they've got the thing figured out that they want to offer their and they don't know exactly how to bring it so for people that want to work with you where can they find you you can go to kirapelme.com i'm sure the my name will be in the title here because it's spelled. Yeah, and I'll funky. have links in all the descriptions too. <laughs> yes, my name is spelt in a funky way. But yeah, visit kirapalme.com. There is uh, free video training as well. So if you feel like you need more information or you want to receive even more downloads and insights, then, uh, then we're available on this podcast. You can check out the free training. Um, but yeah, otherwise you can book a call with me right on my website. Nice. Do, yeah. you, do you have any calls to action, words of wisdom, anything you want to leave leave our audience with? Yes. Follow your curiosity and invest in your dreams. So if you're feeling curious, what would life be like if I did X, Y, Z? Or would it be possible to pursue X, Y, Z and still be able to pay my bills or even better? Just follow that curiosity. Tune into what that thing is and tune into what the vibration is of that thing and and follow that. And then once you really get clear of what that thing could be, then go ahead and and make an investment in yourself because you are your greatest asset. It's not your car, it's not your house, none of those things. You're your greatest asset. And the more value you bring into your consciousness, the more value you can share with others and essentially 
create that unlimited life, whatever that means to you. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's <laughs> yes. been really fun. And I feel like there's a lot, a lot in here that people can use <laughs> and utilize and definitely myself included. So cool. Yes. It's been awesome. Thank you, Thanks for having me. Yeah, this has been good. Thanks again to Kira for being on the show today. If you want to learn more about Kira or set up a discovery call to work with her, be sure to check out all the links in the show notes. The Saul Good Media podcast is produced and edited by me, Solomon Harvey, and I could not do it without all of your support. So thank you so much for listening. And if you enjoyed what you heard today, consider going over to iTunes and giving it a rating. It really does make a big difference. If you'd like to support future episodes like the one you heard today, consider checking out my Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash Media. Find out how you can support this show for as little as the cost of a cup of coffee a week. You've been listening to the Saul Good Media Podcast. I'm Solomon Harvey. Have a Saul Good Week. Peace. Thank you.